Hey yo, what up? It's your host Addison, man. We are back. We are back once again with another episode of From the Jumpman, episode 65. We are cooling right now in the FTJ studios. As you know, of course, E to Eric, the engineer, is in the building with me. Always on the ones and twos. Got the instrumentals popping. Always hooking it up, chopping up the podcast for your boy, man. E, shout out to you, man. Always pulling up when I need you. Hey. Double salute to E right now, man. If you're in the car, give a double salute to E right now. But we are live right now in the mothership as we speak. Man, breaking news as we speak. The Baltimore Ravens are trading Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos. This just happened literally right now. I literally just got the alert. Me and E, as soon as we just turned the podcast on, we just saw Joe Flacco is headed to Denver. And this is exactly what the Denver Broncos need at this point, as I've been saying for years and years on this show, but also on, um, on multiple platforms, that the Denver Broncos, only thing that they were missing was a quarterback. I feel like if you are run by John Elway, a guy who has won a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos, why are you not out here getting a quarterback? We saw that this Denver Broncos defense was elite, of course, when they had to leave. Of course, when Chris Harris, Von Miller, when that defense was truly, truly healthy. This team was an elite team. At this point, the Baltimore Ravens have moved on. They said Lamar Jackson is our guy. For the foreseeable future, we'll see if they lock him in long term. But for the foreseeable future, Lamar Jackson is our guy. And we're not even going to sit here and keep continuing on with the drama of who's going to start between Joe Flacco and Lamar. Lamar took his opportunity and he ran with it. And now that Joe Flacco being in Denver, this instantly, I believe, makes the Denver Broncos not Super Bowl contenders. But this makes them contenders again in the AFC and also in the AFC West. Another breaking news story coming out of the NFL right now. Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh still a wide receiver, has said that he is requesting a trade. Now, of course, this comes after Antonio Brown took to Twitter and also Instagram pretty much to say thank you, Steeler Nation, for a big nine years. Time to move on and forward. Peace sign, hashtag new demands. Of course, we all knew that this was the inevitable. Of course, as I said earlier, uh, I think on earlier episodes on this show, that Antonio Brown to this point sees the writing on the wall. He knows that Ben Roethlisberger is getting older. Ben Roethlisberger is getting older, and what is the Pittsburgh Steelers' plans going forward at the quarterback position? Does he really want to wait around in the prime of his career with a rookie quarterback trying to figure it out? Two. The Pittsburgh Steelers have made it abundantly clear that Juju Smith-Schuster is their guy, is their number one guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. Antonio Brown just really got paid, what was it, maybe last year, year before that. And like I said, you saw Antonio Brown kind of really take his game up to the next level, if you will, on social media. But as I said, man, Antonio Brown, if, you, if, you, if you're really looking at Antonio Brown's numbers this year, him in each statistical category, he's right at the top. When it comes to touchdowns, he was ranked number one with 15 touchdowns. When it comes to yards, I think he probably was right outside the top 10, right at 11. But then when it comes to receptions, he was ranked ninth at 104. So when it comes to those receiving categories, when it comes to the receptions and when it comes to the yards and when it comes to the touchdowns, that's typically what you want to look at if you're a wide receiver. And not to mention, he was top three in targets last year with 168 targets. Juju Smith-Schuster finished with 106. Antonio Brown realizes that, like I said, the writing is on the wall. He didn't play the last final week in the season against the Cincinnati Bengals due to a suspension. Again, we're, we're starting to see little reports. He had a you know domestic violence situation, I think, that they said is under investigation right now. I think he had a speeding ticket over 100. So, again, we've seen that Antonio Brown has had some little situations. But as I told E off air, I told him, I said, straight up, bro. I said, Antonio Brown is doing all that he can to get out 
of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, basically, when it comes to Antonio Brown's contract now, just as I have just been preview to, that they were to trade him before March 17th, they would have to ultimately absorb his $21.2 million on their salary cap. Now, of course, that would rise, of course, after March 17th if he was traded. But if he is to be traded after June 1st, they could spread that over the next couple years. So essentially, he's due... 12.6 million in 2019, 11.3 million in 2020, and 12.5 million in 2021. Now, of course, they said that he had no longer has any guaranteed money on his contract. So again, they would just have to pay those three years over the contract. So what is likely probably going to happen is the Pittsburgh Steelers probably will be trading Antonio Brown after June 1st. Now, of course, they are saying that there are different scenarios, and of course, they're probably going to ask for a first round pick for Antonio Brown, but. Again, when we, when we look at this Pittsburgh Steelers situation, it's going to be tough because the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a situation and they're ran by a true organization, by the Rooney family that, you know, they're not going to just let you just do what you want to do. And of course, he said publicly that he wants to play for the San Francisco 49ers. Jerry Rice has been on different radio, TV shows saying Antonio Brown wants to be a 49er. Now, would we like to see him and Garoppolo and George Kittle. That would be a nice offense. That would be a beautiful offense on some Madden type shit. But at the end of the day, I really don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers really would just trade them to the 49ers. Now, again, how would this help the San Francisco 49ers? Of course, it would instantly make them, I feel like, title contenders. I feel like it would instantly make them the best team out there in the NFC West, even though the Rams did just go to the Super Bowl. But again, that's just hypothetical. But as I said in the beginning, Antonio Brown has requested a trade from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Kyler Murray has announced that he will put all his focus, time, and attention on the NFL in which he will be deciding to bypass, of course, his contract with the Oakland A's that would have made him a top 10 pick of the MLB draft. Now, of course, most notably, Kyler Murray for the past couple weeks has been battling back and forth ever since his decision when he won the Heisman Trophy. Whether or not he's going to be an NFL quarterback or not, but I kind of assume once he won the Heisman Trophy, you know, once Oklahoma, you know, kind of had a shot at the national championship, they lost. We all kind of figured that, okay, he's probably going to go out there and pursue this NFL quarterback dream. And that's what he's doing. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they have him listed at 5'10", 195 pounds. A lot of people are saying that's going to be a problem in the league. I don't. I feel like his size is perfect for the league. I think that like in the stat era, offensive-driven league, he's going to fit in perfectly. Of course, we all know at the end of the day, defense wins championships. But, you know, some of them teams at the top 10 could potentially win a quarterback. Now, Cliff Kingsbury has said, of course, Arizona Cardinals have the number one pick. But Cliff Kingsbury has said that Josh Rosen is their guy going forward. Of course, we all know the 49ers have Garoppolo. So I probably are going to assume that they probably won't be drafting Kyler Murray. The New York Jets, they have Sam Darnold, so that's probably not a possibility. Now, the Oakland Raiders at number four is interesting, given the fact that Derek Carr is signed for the next couple years. We are getting ready to move to the Las Vegas area. I don't know if the Raiders are considering Kyler Murray right there. Again, the Kyler Murray situation, Oakland Raiders, again, I mean, look, look, if he falls right there to number four to Oakland, I mean, I love my boy DC Ford. But Kyler Murray ain't a bad option either. I'm just saying. There are a lot of teams in the top 10 and really in the first round that could potentially use a quarterback. Again, the Cincinnati Bengals are still on the clock. The Miami Dolphins, you know, Ryan Tannehill year to year has been injured. You know, their contract has been bad. The Washington Redskins are up there as well. So, again, there are a lot of teams right now that could be in the conversation for Kyler Murray. But as I said, Kyler Murray has announced on Twitter that he will be fully committing to playing football.
But don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break for the advertisement. But up next on From the Jump, we'll talk Paul George. And is he having an MVP season? We'll talk Magic Johnson and uh, his tampering again. And on today's edition of The Wrap-Up, stay tuned. From the Jump. What's going on? This is Reggie Coase here to tell you about the one-and-done t-shirt collection from Foot Locker. So guys, tell us the inspiration behind the new limited edition draft night t-shirts. Well, I only played in college for one year. And I only played one year overseas. And these tees are only on sale for one day. So like us, they're one and done. And like us, these tees will be snatched up tonight and not available tomorrow. Yes, snatched up tonight on draft night. That's the goal. Don't underestimate this one right here. Yes, they're all great looking tees and only $29.99. Go to footlocker.com slash one and done right now. Act now before the night gets any later and I'll throw in this limited edition wipey absolutely free. Easily cleans up any mess you find yourself making. Trust me, this sucker comes in handy. Order tonight while supplies last. Please act now or at least before the second round is over. Quick scores from around the sports world right now. The number two team in the country yesterday, Duke Blue Devils, came back from 23 points down. Hey, you see my Dukies yesterday? They came back from 23 points down to defeat Louisville 71-69. Zion Williams finished yesterday's game 27 points, 12 rebounds. I know a lot of people don't say it, but Cam Reddish is this team's best player. I know Zion Williams gets all the credit and all the headlines. And R.J. Barrett is right there, too. But Cam Reddish is somebody that they sleep on. Watch out for Cam Reddish also coming into March Madness, but also going into the NBA. The number 19 team in the country yesterday, LSU, defeated number 5, Kentucky, 73-71. Penn State, unranked, defeated number 16, Michigan, 75-69. Number 10 team in the country, Marquette, defeated DePaul, 92-73. Number 11, Michigan State, over number 20, Wisconsin, 67-59. Number 24, ranked Maryland, over Purdue, 70-56. Kansas State, 71 over Texas, 64. And the number 25 team in the country, Buffalo, defeated Akron, 76-70. On to the NBA, the Golden State Warriors defeated the Utah Jazz yesterday, 115-108. High man for the Golden State Warriors is, of course, two-time champ Kevin Durant. Finished yesterday's game with 28 points, two rebounds, seven assists. As Boston Celtics got back to their winning ways yesterday, defeated the Philadelphia 76ers, 112-109. San Antonio Spurs defeated the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday, 108-107. And the Orlando Magic defeated the New Orleans Pelicans, 118-88. 118-88? How many did Anthony Davis have last night? Um, let me go see. Hold on, let me see. Anthony Davis, he only had three points yesterday in 24 minutes? Yeah, he's definitely on his way out of there. But of course, keeping with the NBA, the NBA found that there was no tampering violations by President of Basketball Operations Magic Johnson in relation to his contact with, of course, Ben Simmons. Now, of course, the NBA released a statement yesterday saying that they concluded that Magic Johnson, you know, and his dealings with Ben Simmons didn't violate, you know, tampering policy in any way, shape or form. And I guess both organizations, I guess, have come to the conclusion that it's, you know, it's really not best that they communicate at all. Now, in the situation with Magic Johnson, the funny thing about it is that Magic Johnson tampers left and right. I mean, all the time Magic Johnson tampering, you see him in the different games, he's always smiling. And this is a situation of who you are 
supersedes what exactly you do. Now, Magic Johnson has been the president of basketball operations for the Los Angeles Lakers, I think for, what is this, going on four seasons now. And, of course, you know, the first couple seasons, you know, of course, he kind of made some moves. But this is the first season, of course, him, you know, landing LeBron James was, was the big catch, was the big draw. And I think that now that he landed LeBron James, I think the goal now is this summer is to see if they could potentially land two possible guys. You know, one max, but two, you know, if possible. They said that, you know, Ben Simmons wanted to ask him about his Hall of Fame career. But we, we, know, the, we know the reality of that. He wants to work out with Magic Johnson. But... Albeit Magic Johnson works for the Lakers, but what makes the situation so sticky is that Ben Simmons is represented by Rich Paul. You know, most notable client is LeBron James. So this situation is all kind of sticky. Again, the Lakers and Magic Johnson and Rich Paul and LeBron James are just contaminating the NBA. Now, of course, everybody in Oklahoma City right now is riding high after Russell Westbrook has completed his 10th straight triple-double, which, of course, we haven't seen this, I guess, feat done, I guess, since Will Chamberlain. So, of course... Shout out to Russell Westbrook for, for completing the 10th straight triple-double. I think the triple-double now in the NBA has now become a common stat. I think it's become to a point where as guys realize I can pass the basketball, you know, three or four times a quarter, and that equals 10 assists. I can get three or four rebounds each quarter. That equals 10 rebounds. If I get to the free throw line 15 times, that's 15 free points. You get what I'm saying? So a lot of guys such as James Harden, Russell Westbrook, are inflating their stats. And we live in an analytical era where the stats look a lot better than they do in the game. Russell Westbrook could go four for 22, have went to the free throw line 15 times, have 11 rebounds and 10 assists, and everybody say he had a triple-double. That's a great game. This is what we wanted to see from Paul George when he was traded to Oklahoma City and when he re-signed with Oklahoma City. This is what we all wanted to see. Paul George now is completely healthy. I don't think Paul George is second-guessing his leg anymore. And I think Paul George is now hooping because now he's in a stable situation. I think last year when they tried to do the whole Russell, Carmelo, and Paul George thing, I don't think that worked. I don't think Paul George really signed up for the super team. I think he, of course, was traded to Oklahoma City, but then he saw a situation that, you know what? Russell Westbrook's game is actually declining. Russell Westbrook's game has now changed. He's no longer the guy that's going to come down and score every single time. Now, Russell Westbrook, if you see him, he's looking to pass the basketball. And again, like I said, is he inflating his stats? Absolutely, but we live in that era. And, and he realizes at the end of the day, Paul George is my best chance and my only chance of even winning a championship. And if I don't feed Paul George, if I don't get him going, if I do not keep him involved in the game, we're gonna lose, period. Because what we saw last year in the playoffs with Russell Westbrook at the end of the game shooting 30 times, that cannot happen. Paul George in that playoff game against the Utah Jazz had five points in a game seven. That cannot transpire anymore. So I like what Russell Westbrook has done. It's not taking a back seat. It's just realizing, you know what? I'm no longer the best player on my team. I'm going to give him the basketball. I'm going to let him do his thing. And when I'm called upon, when it's time for me to score, when it's time for me to get active, I'm going to get active. And I can't hate on Russell Westbrook for doing so. I wanted to get on here and I wanted to bash Russell Westbrook for his 10 straight triple doubles. And of course, Jordan said that, of course, winning six championships is a lot harder. But of course, Michael Jordan won three, took a break, then he won three more. It wasn't like he won six straight. Like he took a break, played baseball. You know, he probably was eating Wheaties. You know, come on. But the real MVP of this basketball team is Paul George. Now, I had a story for the wrap up, but I think I'm going to save that for a later episode this weekend. I think I'm going to save that for All-Star Weekend. It has some drama that I want to talk about, but I'm going to save that for All-Star Weekend. It's your boy. We out.